Well, it is good to be uh, back again with you guys today, and look who I have here with me today. Polly D is back in the house. I am back. So good to have you back. It's good to be back. So what was it like uh, this week? Uh, you were off uh, two weeks, just not feeling well, although we, as far as we know, don't didn't have the COVID. As far as we know. So that's great news. Um, so what has it been like uh, this week just to be back in the saddle and be back talking to people and back in the office just a little bit? Well, it was it was really difficult. It was bad, feeling bad, but it was I felt worse not being here during the crisis, especially yeah. as we started to get um, the Facebook Live service off the ground and running. Um, this past Tuesday, uh, we were here, had staff meeting. It was really good, and um, it's it's it feels good. I hope I can stay healthy. Yeah. Awesome. We've been doing our best to practice our uh, social distancing, you know, six feet away, although clearly we're not quite there, but uh, we're we're glad to be with you guys this morning. And last week, uh, we started kind of a, a new series for us uh, just to help us turn our eyes uh, to focus on Jesus with so many things going on in our world. Uh, just some people are at work. Some people um, aren't able to go to work right now and just struggling with all that, that means. Uh, parents are homeschooling. If you're homeschooling for the first First time cheer there in your room and if you're a, a student that is homeschooling for the first time and you are loving uh, going to school in your pajamas on your couch give us a big loud cheer um, as well and uh, we know there's so much going on in our world uh, today so much and for us uh, nothing in, in some ways nothing has changed for us as God's people. He still desires for us to, to focus on him to look to him his mission hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. His sovereignty hasn't changed. His grace is just as good today as it was yesterday, as it was a month ago, and it will be again uh, here uh, in the weeks to come. And um, so last week, we encouraged um, our church family and all of us to really just turn our eyes to Jesus and focus on Him. So we kind of um, started in Luke chapter 2, just after uh, Jesus' birth and when He was uh, dedicated there in the temple. And uh, this moment... Um, almost seems uh, uncanny with Simeon and Anna. And as they um, were there uh, with Jesus, and they saw him for the first time, and they were just blown away um, by the Messiah being there um, with them. And uh, today we're going to kind of continue that story. We're going to jump ahead um, about 12 years and uh, talk about what's, what's happening and what's going on in Jesus' life. It's a great story that applies to us as uh, we look um, to see what's, what's going on here today, and we're going to see that Jesus uh, was growing in both uh, wisdom and in stature. And um, just uh, one thing, real quick, before um, we pray, uh, we we don't know what exactly happened in those twelve years prior to that with Jesus. Uh, we knew that he was growing. Uh, we knew that he was changing. We knew that um, he was um, settling into all that um, he was here on earth for, and. Um, we're grateful to be able to continue the story with uh, Jesus here this morning. So, Paul, why don't you uh, just start us off um, by praying for us, sure. and we'll dive right in. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we do thank you for this uh, beautiful day that you've given to us. Uh, thank you for this opportunity through technology to meet with your people. Uh, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would be our teacher here this morning as we look at your word, that, uh, Lord, that you would just take it, that it would penetrate our hearts, um, that we would come to see Jesus more clearly, and that we would understand what it is that you require of us. Lord, we love you, and we just thank you for this time together we have this morning, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. Hey, if you got your Bibles, um, turn to Luke chapter 2. If uh, your kid's in the room and you don't have your Bible, it's back in your room, um, take off. Uh, you've got uh, 10 seconds to sprint uh, to your room and go get it. Uh, hopefully, you know exactly where it is. And um, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start um, in verse 40 um, here today as we uh, read God's Word. And it starts by saying in verse 40, And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents, they went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And Jesus said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they didn't understand that, uh, the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and, Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. Um, so many good things in here. Paul, let's talk about this passage a little bit um, as uh, we transition in. What are some of the things that uh, you see as um, really awesome and critical for this passage here? Well, I, I think one of the first things that jump out to me is right there in verse 41 where it says, you know, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Now, mm. now we don't tend to travel... <laughs> Uh, the great distances they did for these festivals. Yeah. Uh, and when you think uh, uh, about it, Mary and Joseph here, really what the picture that we're getting is that these were godly uh, people. These were godly parents, faithful parents. Every year they journeyed from Nazareth, uh, which was about 64 miles as the crow flies. Oh. So you imagine it, it would be a lot longer uh, taking a, a, a foot route to Jerusalem. Yeah. So probably at least a five-day day journey, and they did this every year. Uh, and there may have been other festivals that, that they attended. Yeah. And, and, and so I think it tells us something about their commitment to the Lord, um, their love for Him, their obedience to the law. Uh, I mean, we saw it 12 years earlier, you know, as the angel Gabriel came and, and brought the message uh, to both Mary and Joseph and how they submitted to God's will, yeah. um, how they brought Jesus, how, how they circumcised Him after eight days, then brought brought him into the temple, uh, presented him to the Lord. And so I think what we're seeing here is, is a picture of, of godly parents, and they're, they're, they're the kind of role models we hope to be, you know, for, for our kids. Um, 
I, I, I think this hit me this week as I was looking at this passage was that, you know, Joseph actually had to take a couple of weeks off of work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as a carpenter, he had to leave his business behind. It may have been longer than that. Yeah. And the reason why we know that is because you, you figure if it's a five-day journey to Jerusalem, it's a five-day journey back. Yeah. And then the Passover celebration, although that was only one day, it was followed by uh, another feast, and, and it was the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and that lasted for seven days. You ever wonder how they did these trips without Priceline.com, Expedia.com, Hotels.com, or even Uber? Yeah. How did they kind of do these these kinds of trips? No airfare, no buses, no trains, no cars. Um, And, and, you know, when you think about that... um, it's a little convicting, too, I think, because we have all those things. We, we even have Cracker Barrel to stop at. Yeah, yeah. We can hop in our car, head down. Uh, uh, when we were allowed to meet in the school, yes. we could go to the school. Um, but I, I think all taken all together, that tells you how important their relationship with, with God was, and they modeled it well for Jesus. Absolutely. Um, obviously, um, you know, they, they had to head home at some point, uh, presumably on, on the ninth day. And, uh, you know, Scripture tells us that one day back into their journey, they discover that their son was missing. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, how, how do you lose your, your son? And, uh, and as soon as I ask that question, I think uh, probably if you'd like to know the answer to that, you could ask my wife. <laughs> Because there have been numerous times when she, she has asked me, do you know where your kids are? And I'm probably a little bit laissez-faire. Of course, our kids are a little bit older, but a lot of times I'm, it's just, well, you know, I think Zachary's working. Uh, if he's not working, he's probably with his friends, you know. So I'm not sure we, we need to be that tough on Mary and Joseph here. Um, but, um, I mean, come on. It was a whole day. Well, it may not have been a whole day. So um, yeah. typically when, when uh, people traveled these long distances, yeah. they would travel in a caravan with, okay. with relatives, with friends, with other people from their town. And usually the first day of the journey out and the first day of the journey back was considerably shorter. And they did that intentionally so that um, in case you forgot something, you would have time to actually go back um, get whatever it was that you lost and return and meet up with the caravan so that you could travel home together. So, I like to I like to think <laughs> that Jesus was like every other 12-year-old boy on some level. <laughs> that sometimes, you know, maybe you, you know who you are, 12-year-old boys, you know. Um, sometimes just um, aloof, not paying attention. Um, you know, the rest of the passage doesn't yeah. make sense at all with that, yeah. but uh, we know how those kids are. And even for me, as, as a dad with um, two teenagers now and, and one coming, you know, the um, on our phones, the, the find my iPhone or find my iPad yeah. has given me great help to, to not be worried, to, to know exactly where they are, unless, of course, they've, they've figured out how to leave their phone somewhere and then go somewhere else, which I'm sure nobody yeah. ever does. I'm, I'm using Find My now a lot. Of course, your kids have to allow you to, to track them. They don't always or like that. you can just turn it on and, and make yeah. sure they don't change it. You know, you know those <laughs> tile things that help you find your keys and stuff? Yes. I was just wondering if there was a way to possibly be able to uh, embed that under the skin of, of my kids. That way they're kind of like a tracking device, you know? That would definitely be interesting. Yeah. And it, it might be considered something like the Mark of the Beast or 
something. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe we maybe yeah. we don't want to do that. No, no. But you know, the reality is, is most parents have lost sight of their kids uh, from time to time, whether it be uh, at the beach, at the mall, at the grocery store, perhaps at the at the park. Um, sometimes parents, um, you know, just are, are so busy they're wrapped up with a whole bunch of things, and. Um, uh, we we find uh, that sometimes we can lose track of, of where our, our kids are. I remember yeah. not not too long ago, I got into the car. We were supposed to be going somewhere as a family, and um, and I'm, I close the garage door. I'm putting it in reverse. I'm pulling out of the garage, and all of a sudden, my wife says to me, she says, "You want to wait for your other kid?" <laughs> I, I thought Zachary was in the car. You know, we, we could have been to the park, um, and I wouldn't have known until I got out of the car. Hopefully yeah. I would have known when I got out of the car. So anyway, so. They, they went out for a day, however long that day's journey yep. was, mm-hmm. and they, they realized, oh, wait, Jesus isn't here. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep, got it. So, um, uh, it, yeah, and I think this is the other thing is, why does Luke include this in his account? Yeah, I think I find that fascinating, and I think maybe one of the reasons is is to let us know that Mary and Joseph were people just like us. Um, you know, they 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 were godly parents, but they were not perfect parents, and none of us are. And and you know, along those lines, I was wondering. Well, I mean, did did they get into the blame game? <laughs> you know, maybe maybe Joseph is thinking to himself, you know, how in the world could she lose the Son of God? Yeah, and, and maybe she was thinking, you know, who is this guy that I married? It's the ultimate trump card in yeah. a marriage a fight. It's your fault. You're yeah. ruining the the son of God. Yeah, the Messiah. Yeah. You're ruining him. Yeah, yeah. And I, I could I could almost see Mary just just wondering, you know, I mean, what, do I have to do everything? I mean, I packed up the tent, <laughs> I fixed breakfast, I made lunch. You know, at least this guy, all he could do is make sure that we're all together and safe, and didn't. <laughs> do it. So I don't know. I'm speculating there, but but I think that's what Luke is doing. Luke is giving us a picture of, of Jesus' parents as people just like us. And, um, and of course, after they return, they finally find Jesus. You know, it says that after three days, we're not really sure if, it, if that means three days after they left Jerusalem, or uh, three days once they got back to Jerusalem, so that would be that would be a total of five days. Yeah. One day journey back to Nazareth, a day back to Jerusalem, and then three days. But even if it's just three days, you've got to imagine they're pretty worried. Yeah, yeah. And so they find Jesus uh, having a, a Q&A session with the teachers, and, um, and, and the teachers were amazed at Jesus' questions as well as his uh, responses, uh, his answers to their questions. And, and I, I find that fascinating for a couple of reasons. One is Jesus is in the temple, um, and, and that tells me that worship is not just for adults. It's for 12-year-old boys, too. It's yeah. for 10-year-old girls. Amen. and It's for everybody. And Jesus was engaged with the scriptures and was engaged with his teachers and was asking questions of them to the point where they were amazed at his, at his responses. And so I think one of the lessons for, for you kids out there is don't be afraid to ask your parents and your teachers uh, questions. Uh, don't be afraid to answer questions, too. Um, God wants you to share with others the things that you're learning uh, from his word. 
And then, you know, I think maybe the final observation in this section anyway is, is that when his parents saw him, I mean, they were just utterly amazed. Yeah. Utterly amazed. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, you point out earlier this week that um, that word amazed means, or astonished means to be uh, driven out of one's senses, mm. uh, which is, I mean, significant, it's powerful yeah. language to drive out of one's senses, um, to be overwhelmed or uh, be bewildered. In verse 48, it says, and when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And uh, there his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Um, behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Yeah. Um, so for me, as you mentioned earlier, just the, the comforting thought here that even the parents of Jesus, and they knew who he was, mm. um, they were still in great distress at something that had happened. Yeah. Um, that worry or concern, great distress, is, is part of our human condition. Mm -hmm. And that God wants to... Um, Heal that. He wants to speak to that and speak in that. And um, there, in this moment, um, God was with them as they were sitting there and um, talking um, to Jesus. I like the the New Living Translation says that that we were frantically looking for you. Yeah. I mean, I know what frantic looks like. Yes. They they were worried. They were concerned. They were distressed over his absence, and rightly yeah. so. Yeah, I would certainly be frantically looking. And, and he said to them, which this is, I think this is an awesome uh, statement, insight into Jesus' mind and his heart. He says, why, why were you looking for me? Hmm. <laughs> as, as though they didn't need to have been yeah. looking for him. So why, why were you looking for me? And he said, did, did you not know that I must um, be here in my father's house? And wow. he's not talking about Joseph. Yeah. That here I am, I, I must be in my father's house. Mm -hmm. And to think about uh, what that, that might have meant um, to Joseph, how it might have made him feel. Imagine um, if, if your son uh, was to say that to you. I mean, what, what would your instant uh, reaction be to that? Well, you know, in the flesh, I would feel offended. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, after all, um, think, think about what Joseph gave up. Um, you know, he was planning on, on marrying a, a beautiful young woman, um, finds out that she's pregnant yeah. with, with, and it's not his child. Yeah. Um, and yet the angel says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And he does it. And he, he sticks with the plan, with God's plan. And he sacrificed a great deal. They, they, at one point, because of Herod, they had to flee to Egypt mm -hmm. and then come back. And, uh, and so to hear these words, I must be in my father's house. Um, to, to understand that Jesus is saying to him that my real father um, is uh, the, the one that's in heaven. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it, it reminds us here in, in, in this time to remember that um, our, our children, they're on loan to us. Mm -hmm. You know, we are yeah. stewards of them, um, that they, they belong um, to our heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And in, in some sense, that um, brings a significant amount of, oh boy, I don't want to screw up, screw this up, screw my kid up, um, and somehow screw up God's plan for their life forever. Yeah. Uh, that brings great seriousness to our parenting. But in some ways, it also brings a great relief that um, God is in charge. Uh, he's sovereign over my kids and their future, and certainly I need to take that seriously. But um, he is in charge, and, and I'm sure that there was this check going on in, in uh, Joseph, and he even talks about um, here in the next verse or two that they didn't really understand yeah. 
exactly uh, what Jesus was was saying and talking to them about. Um, but um, for us as parents to remember that our, our kids, um, they're on loan to us, that we're shepherds of them, and certainly mm-hmm. we take that seriously, yeah. but um, that they're God's kids, yeah. and uh, we, we want to treat them as such. And um, sometimes, you know, as as stress becomes uh, heavy on us, we get um, short-tempered and get angry mm-hmm. at times as we're stuck in our house um, or we're in our house with them and um, they just talk um, all the time. So you don't <laughs> mind not know this about me, but I'm extreme introvert. Um, I love to um, be by myself. Uh-huh. Uh, I can be by myself for days at a time. Oh, I love my kids. I love them, love them, love them. Um, sometimes uh, when I, as soon as I walk in the door, dad, 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 dad. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's this fighting for attention, and for me in those moments, I have to remember um, my love for them and um, that they are God's children, and I'm just a steward of them. Yeah, and it helps me to to put in check um, my own wants or desires in that moment for quiet and to really focus on them. Yeah. I think Jesus's uh, response here, these two questions, and, and, and that was his modus operandi throughout his ministry. He tended to ask, answer people's questions with questions, yeah. and in, in asking these questions, they seem kind of abrupt to us a little bit, maybe, um, maybe on, the, on the rude side, but I don't think Jesus was being disrespectful. I think he was reminding his parents of something that maybe they've forgotten, you know, yeah. that, that 12 years ago, the words of the angel and the words of Anna and, and Simeon, you know, it's real, real easy for us to kind of slip into a routine, mm-hmm. you know, and you figure 12 years have passed and life just went on as normal for, for 12 years. Yeah. And now it's like Jesus is reminding them of who he is and why he came to earth in the first place. Yeah. And as a parent, uh, you know, I, I think about that for myself because God has has a will for my life, but he also has a will for my kid's life. And as a parent, sometimes it's hard to let go it is. and allow God to lead them. And yeah. uh, But I, I think that's a good reminder for all of us. Yeah. And even as they're in this adolescent phase, there's we're, we're going from protecting them mm-hmm. um, from most everything to figuring out as parents, how do we expose them to little by little so that um, they might be able to respond in godly ways to it. And um, that is incredibly difficult, even in you know, some of the situation we're in. We talked a couple weeks ago, just encouraging you to, as, as parents to um, turn off um, the TV and the news. Um, and you can have conversations with them about it, some, but sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, for us, we've had conversations about uh, right now, for the next week or two, what does it look like? Um, with just playing with other kids in the community, not that we think that someone has got uh, this particular virus or those kinds of things, but um, just to be able to help them understand, we want to just protect other people. And if this is what we can do for a couple of weeks to to stay in for a little bit, to uh, stay just together uh, for a couple of weeks, then we can do that, and um, Mm -hmm. there's there's no harm at all in that. Um, so as we uh, move on, we, we see that um, they then uh, leave the city. And we also see this moment uh, for Jesus where um, he um, chooses um, to be submissive um, to, uh, to Mary and Joseph. And realizing that um, as he was the son of God, he was also um, a child with earthly parents. Yeah. Yeah. Kids, did you hear that? Jesus obeyed his parents. Yeah. Um, fascinating. He, he wasn't like, excuse me, 
do you not know who I am? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually created the world. <laughs> I mean, imagine that argument if yeah. you're a kid. <laughs> yeah. Be yeah. like, hey, exactly. I, I actually created all this stuff you're standing on. I don't have to do that. But yeah. he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he chose to submit to his father by submitting to his earthly parents. Yeah, yeah. He he, he demonstrates his allegiance to his heavenly father um, through his obedience to his earthly father and, and mother. And you can't love God. You can't really uh, demonstrate allegiance to him without obeying his commands. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, for me, even as... I'm an adult to process what does that look like for me as an adult to obey or to honor um, my mom and dad and uh, finding ways to, to do that, um, that to honor the Lord and honor them. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's been a challenge as we all have different types of parents. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes um, your parents are incredibly awesome. Sometimes our parents aren't. And sometimes are in any stage in between. And for us to find those ways to honor the Lord um, by honoring our parents, as the mm -hmm. Scripture points out for us to do. Mm -hmm. um, but this, uh, this next verse here, verse 52, <laughs> um, I find it um, incredibly... Um, Mind-boggling. It is. <laughs> and it says uh, in this verse 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with both God and man. Wow. That's deep. Yeah, we should just think about that for a while. And, you know, what, what does it even mean? How does, how does um, God, taking in on flesh as the Son of God, in the person of Jesus, how does he grow in wisdom? You know, part of me thinks, you know, Jesus was uh, born as an infant, um, knowing everything, being able to talk, which would be kind of weird and creepy, uh -huh. um, that he would know all of the languages, that he would know everyone's name, that he would know what he was supposed to do. Uh, but we certainly don't get that picture of him from mm -hmm. Scripture. Um, he grew in wisdom and in stature. As you think about the, the wisdom part, yeah. what are some things that you really... Well, I, I think it's, uh, it's also tied into, you know, in growing in stature because his brain had to develop. You know, yeah. phys physically, he, his brain had to develop, um, develop the ability uh, to think logically, rationally, and, and otherwise. Um, even in this passage, the fact that Jesus, you know, a lot of times people, when they think about uh, the, the boy Jesus in the temple with the, uh, the teachers, um, I, maybe it's because from Sunday, a vestige of Sunday school, we kind of think that Jesus is schooling uh, the uh, the teachers. He's not. He's actually learning from them yeah. by asking questions and answering their questions. So that's con consistent with what it says here that Jesus grew in wisdom. But that's the way that God designed it. And this speaks to the um, the the remember this big word the hypostatic union. <laughs> you know that Jesus was truly God, but he was also truly man. And because of that. Um, he has experienced everything that we've experienced. He was born. Uh, he was a fetus at one point. He was born. He yeah. lived. He grew and matured. I, to be honest with you, I don't fully understand <laughs> this. It, it, it's mind-boggling, but it's what Scripture teaches. Yeah. Well, I think there's a certain mystery to it that um, I think draws us in to be um, more amazed by who God mm -hmm. is. Um, by how all this makes sense, that it makes sense to him. Um, and not just that it makes sense to him, but he designed it this way. 
and for us um, to realize that he made some things um, perfectly and completely knowable um, by us, which is such an act of grace that he would do that. But there's also um, so many things that they're so far above um, our pay grade, you know? Yeah. And how he would grow in wisdom would be one of those. But um, I also um, notice in here that uh, he increased in stature, that there was something about his physical person um, that grew. Yeah. He wasn't a fetus <laughs> his whole life. He didn't come out of the womb as a fully grown man. Yeah. Um, that, that would have been a bad day. Um, he, he, he grew in stature. Yeah, he, he grew taller. Um, he grew heavier. He put on weight. His voice changed. Yeah. Guys, you hear that? <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. So, and I, I think for, for even for our students um, to think about, whether you're a kid out there today, to know that um, Jesus would get um, what it is that you're going through and what you've gone through. As mm-hmm. students, as adolescents, he gets it. What, what it is that you're going through and what you're going to go through. And um, even as adults, as single people, he gets it. Uh, what you're going through as people with relationships, he gets it. And um, there are um, some verses we wanted to kind of um, look at. Can I add one more thing um, before you do that? Uh, I was just thinking, too, that, you know, despite all the changes that Jesus was was going through and... and, um, you know, the, the, the types of ridicule that any typical 12-year-old boy would face from his peers and things yeah. like that. Jesus knew who he was, and that grounded him. He knew he was the Son of God. He knew that he was sent on mission by his Heavenly Father. And I think the same thing ought to ground us, that we, we, when we know who we are in Christ, it enables us um, yeah. to endure all the changes in life, um, and it enables us to handle ridicule and even persecution. Yeah, I mean, just back to that idea of, just like Peter at the boat, you know, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we understand that he's our source for everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, the times in our life when we're doing that, um, everything seems to be much better than when we get worried about everything else. Yeah. So there's, there's a couple verses in Hebrews. Uh, one is in uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 17. It says, Therefore, um, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and mm. faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people that he had to be made like his brothers so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. And for us, um, as we think about this passage and, and realizing that there is certainly um, the fact uh, without question that God is holy and just and righteous mm-hmm. And that his holiness um, demands justice. And for us as people who have sinned, who have done anything wrong in our lives, that that justice means that there has to be um, some penalty, um, some consequence um, for um, actions of sin in our life. And Scripture points out that 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 penalty is death, eternal death, Mm -hmm. and to spend forever in a real place called hell. And um, for all of us. That's our destiny, um, except for the fact that Apart from Christ, yeah. Jesus came mm-hmm. so that he could be, in every respect like his brothers, so that he could be a merciful and faithful high priest. Mm-hmm. That his sacrifice that he made on the cross for us, for our sin, to pay for our sin, um, is incredibly faithful for all time, and it will count for all time, uh, for all sin, um, as we seek God's forgiveness. 
And um, in that, he demonstrates how incredibly merciful that he actually is. Mm-hmm. That this, this God who has created this world and created to be good, and then he created mankind, and mankind, uh, he said, was very good. And then to be betrayed um, by his own creation over and over and over and over again for thousands of years, to choose to insert himself, to take on flesh in the person of Jesus, and to lay down his life and endure um, pain, ridicule, um, death um, for people like us uh, who have betrayed him. What an act of mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and none of that would have been possible um, without uh, Christ having come to earth uh, as a man. Yeah. Um, you know, Luke makes it very clear that Jesus is God. Um, and but he also is telling us here that he was human, and and because he was human, he can sympathize with our weaknesses. He he understands what we're going through. But as God, he has the ability to do something about it. He has a, a yeah. the ability to do something about our sin problem. And and just as you were reading in Hebrews, I'm remembering back to our study that we did in Hebrews, and mm-hmm. and we learned right in the very first chapter that God long ago, in many ways, spoke. To, to people through the prophets and, and uh, through angels, but in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, and that it was absolutely necessary for Jesus to come um, to be fully God and fully man so that he could pay the penalty for our sins, that he could die the death that we deserved um, and be clothed with his righteousness. Yeah, it's such good news. Oh, it's, it's amazing. So uh, whether you're out there today and this, you've never heard that good news before uh, or whether you want to talk about it some more, we would love uh, more than anything um, to talk about that with you. You can message us, you can call us, and uh, we will absolutely um, be thrilled um, to talk with you about that. And Paul talked about then in verse um, chapter 4 and verse 16 this idea that um, we have um, a high priest in Jesus who can sympathize with our weaknesses and our struggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it says this um, in verse 16. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That God wants us, um, even as sinners, to draw close to him um, so that we might find mercy and grace. Mm. And that's what he wants for us. So uh, I just want to challenge you with that idea that whatever it is that you're facing this week, whatever it is that you're facing today, um, draw near to God. Yeah. Turn your eyes off of the circumstance. Turn um, to Christ um, individually. Um, turn to Christ together um, in your homes and in your, your marriages. Um, turn to Christ um, in all of these things and realize that, that Jesus understands uh, what it is that we're thinking and feeling at any given mm-hmm. moment. And uh, he desires for us to be close to him and he desires to extend grace and mercy to us um, as his children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we can afford to turn off the TV um, and not watch uh, news 24-7 on the coronavirus. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. Uh, but then again, neither is God. Uh, he's there for us. We can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. Um, and we can know that, that he knows what we're experiencing, whatever it may be. Yeah. 
So take that today. Um, we've got a couple of questions that uh, we want you guys as, uh, to either interact with online or interact with there in your home with those that you're there with. Uh, it's going to be on the screen here in just a few minutes, but the questions are, uh, why are you grateful um, that Jesus understands your circumstances? The second one is, what does it teach us about God that Jesus had to grow in wisdom and in stature? And the third one is, how can you be like Jesus in Luke chapter 2 this week? And then finally, just spend a few minutes um, praying together. Um, as a as family, as individuals, you can pray online there um, in the comments section. And uh, we, we love um, just reading uh, those, those thoughts and comments each and every week. And uh, finally, before we pray, um, just a, a little note for um, our students, our 7th through 12th graders. We're going to have uh, do something a little different here this afternoon. Uh, we're going to be with our um, 7th and 8th grade students at 530 and then with um, our high school students at 7, we're going to be emailing uh, and texting a link out uh, to have some fun together here this evening. So be looking for that. So um, let's pray together, and we'll close our time. God, thanks for today. Thanks for your word. Thanks for um, the ability um, for us to worship together in our homes. God, we're grateful that uh, you know um, all that uh, we're concerned about, all that we're worried about. God, you know all the things that we are grateful for and celebrating and um, God, we are grateful that uh, you understand and you get it all. And God, that you desire for us to draw close to you. So God, that's, that's our prayer today, that we as God's people would draw close to you, that we would experience your mercy and your grace. And God, for those of us that uh, don't know you, we've never surrendered our life to you. Uh, we've never um, sought uh, your forgiveness and turned from our sin and pursued you with our life. God, may today um, be... Uh, the first time that somebody does that. And God, may we be able to celebrate that um, God, with, uh, with you and with them as they become a child of God and our brother and sister. So God, we love you today. Uh, we are most grateful um, for Jesus and it's in his powerful and glorious name we pray. Amen.